Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like to get some biblical perspective on. Maybe there's something you're going through and you're curious what does God's Word have to say about that situation. Maybe there's a part of the Bible that you've been reading and you're just not sure how to make sense of it or how, how it uh, should be understood. This is the show where you can call in and ask those questions that you've had about the Bible and about theology, about life, and about God. We're here to answer those questions for you. This is also the place where you can call in with your prayer requests. Maybe there's something going on in your life, and it's not so much that you need a question answered as it is that you need prayer. And we have a lot of people tuning in and listening and we're all together able to say yes and amen uh, regarding those prayer requests as we lift them together up to the Lord. So don't hesitate to give us a call with your prayer requests and with your Bible questions. Uh, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720 336 0897 for the text line. We want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the program live today. Welcome. Great to have you with us. Today is August 20th. It's a Friday and a beautiful day here in Colorado. Some of the smoke from the fires has been clearing out thanks to the rain that we got last night. So it's a beautiful day here in Colorado. Hope that you're having a good, some of you maybe are in your offices, some of you are driving. Wherever you're tuning in from, glad to have you with us. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, with your questions about the Bible, with your prayer requests. We can't wait to hear from you. Again, 303-690-3000 for the call-in line and for the text line, 720-336-0897. We also want to greet those of you who are tuning in today on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We also want to greet those who have recently joined us. We have a lot of stations and a large part of the United States now able to tune in and hear this program every week, starting in Texas, uh, particularly in Amarillo, where this network of stations is based and going all the way east into Florida, covering all of the south, the southern states of the U.S. So if you're listening in any of those places, I had some calls from Florida last time I hosted the show. I'd love to hear from our listeners who are hearing the show in Texas and Arkansas, uh, across the south and into Florida. So give us a call with your Bible questions. Give us a call with your prayer requests. We can't wait to hear from you. The number to call, 303 Six nine zero three thousand. It's three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. 
And just a reminder that those of you listening on the East Coast and the area around Tennessee and across the, the South from Texas to Florida, you're hearing this program on a one-week delay. So our listeners here in Colorado and Wyoming, as well as those listeners who are tuning in online, you're hearing the show live today. But for those listening on the East Coast and um, in in the American South, where we want you to know that you're hearing the program on a one-week delay, but we don't want that to hinder you from calling in with your prayer requests and your Bible questions. We want to answer those for you. And then just know that you're hearing the show on a one-week delay, and you have a unique opportunity because of that. The opportunity you have is that you know that the question you called in with, that got an answer to, or the prayer request that you got prayed for on the air, is going to air live in your, or it's going to air over the air in your listening area one week later. So that gives you one week's time to invite other people to tune in and to listen. And that might be a way for you to introduce them to listening to this station in their local area. And that might be something that they start tuning into. Maybe it becomes a preset. Maybe they download the app. They start listening as well. And God starts to work in their life through his word and by his spirit. That would be a really cool thing. So we encourage all of our listeners, get the word out about Grace FM, about Calvary Live, about your local station, Hope FM, Truth FM, wherever you're tuning in from, because as God's word goes out, it accomplishes the purposes for which God sends it out. And so we, we love Christian radio. We love that you're tuning in today. Give us a call with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. The number to call, once again, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. So once again, text line 720-336-0897. Few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And our church meets uh, at, I'll give you the address and I'll kind of tell you location wise where we're at. Our church meets on Sunday mornings. We have three services on Sunday mornings. We'd love to have you come and worship with us. We study through the Bible. So currently we are studying through the book of 1 Corinthians as we're journeying through the Bible. And it's just a really, really practical and rich study. This is going to be our fifth study as we journey through the book of 1 Corinthians. And this study, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, which is super relevant to our lives today. The issue in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 is that Paul is addressing the ways that we commonly think about success. And I think this is really relevant because I know that nobody out there wants to be the opposite of successful, right? Because the opposite of successful is a failure. But then what is the measure of success? Like, how do you know if you've attained it? And I found this interesting that there are two definitions. If you go to the Oxford Dictionary, they give two definitions of the word successful. Number one is a successful person is someone who accomplishes an aim or a purpose, which makes sense, right? If your goal is to do anything, if, it, if your goal is to buy a cheeseburger and you succeed in buying a cheeseburger, you have been successful. But here's the other definition it gives. It says having achieved popularity, profit, or distinction. Now, that's very different than just uh, accomplishing an aim or a purpose. That's accomplishing a specific aim and purpose, and the aim and purpose is popularity, profit, and distinction. And I think in many ways, when we get those two mixed up, right, when instead of accomplishing the goal or purpose that God has given us, instead we make it our goal and purpose to achieve popularity, profit, and distinction, Man, that is a recipe for disaster in our lives. 
And you can see this because if you look around at people who have attained those things, whether they're celebrities or successful business people or politicians, you often find them saying things like this. They say things like, I have everything I ever wanted and I'm absolutely miserable. For example, actor Jim Carrey put it this way. He said, I wish everybody could get rich and famous and have everything they ever dreamed of so they would know that it's not the answer. And here's what else is crazy. If our measure of success is judged by popularity, profit, and distinction, then what about Jesus? Because by those measures of success, Jesus was rejected rather than being popular. He was unappreciated and unrecognized, and he never had a lot of money. He never owned his own home. One time he wanted to make a Bible illustration by using a coin, and he had to borrow a coin. He preached from a borrowed boat. He rode a borrowed donkey. He ate dinner in a borrowed room. Jesus was never profitable uh, in a money sense. He never had distinction in the sense that he was unrecognized and unappreciated by the people he came to. And he was never popular in the sense that we think about popularity. And what that shows us is that in God's way of thinking, in God's eyes, we need to change the way we think about success. And what Paul shows the Corinthians here in 1 Corinthians 4 that we're going to study this weekend at our church is really uh, a, a really important point, and that is that um, they were thinking of success only in worldly terms, and Paul's like, no, 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 the measures of success in God's eyes are different. So we're going to talk about what those measures of success are. I don't want to give everything away, so join us this Sunday uh, at Whitefields, the church that I pastor here in Longmont. We'd love to have you. If you're within driving distance of Longmont, come join us. We meet three times on a Sunday morning. We have three services, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m., and we'd love to have you join us for any of those. You can find directions, and you can listen to some old messages, and you can listen to, you can find out about our church and stuff like that on our website at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com, and our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. That's 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, and where that is, it's located right in between County Line Road and I-25. So we're, we are west of I-25 and we're east of County Line Road, right on Highway 119, which is the main highway from I-25 into Longmont and then continuing down into Boulder. So if you're in Boulder, Niwa, if you're in Lyons or let's say Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Lafayette, Erie, any of those communities, or even if you're beyond there, but you're within driving distance, we'd love to have you come join us and worship with us this Sunday. A lot of good stuff coming are going on at our church, and we'd love for you to be a part of it. So check us out online for directions and more information, whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday, twice a day, 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m., as well as Sundays at 1 o'clock p.m. for our messages from the show. And I'm your host here on Calvary Live every Friday. So without any further ado, let's get to our calls. We have a caller from Denver. Brandy, welcome to the program. Hi, Brandy. Hello. Hi, Pastor Nick. First of all, I have to say it has been such a blessing blessing having 89.7 in my life, and I've been listening to your church uh, for like four years, and even to see how God's been working in my life since I've started tuning into Grace FM is just awesome. So thank you for that. Brandy Vajok. Oh, see ya, Brandy. Yeah, Brandy learned, learned some Brandy learned some Hungarian guys for those of you who are wondering what we're yep. saying yeah. there. 
what we're yammering on about. Okay, so my question is, um, I recently, within the past year, moved right downtown by the ballpark. And we have a lot of scooters that ride up and down on these, these streets and these sidewalks. And I have been almost run over by scooters maybe like 10 times. And here is what's happening. I will tell them, uh, please ride in the street, in which they respond with explicit, uh, explicit, explicitive. Uh-huh. They curse at me. And that's when my anger takes over, and I feel like I get filled with with rage. And I totally talk back to them. Uh, and this, this one woman was like, why don't you say that to my face? And I'm like, all right. And I went up to her face, and I'm like, who am I right now? So my question is this. How do I love my neighbor when sometimes I just want to kick them in the shin? How do I slow down my patience? How do I not be so reactive that I, like, just right away lash out and I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to (laughs) to punch them? That's not nice of me. Right. Well, okay, I'll tell you a few things. Um, One of the things I'll tell you, okay, so you asked how, but first I'm going to tell you what, and then I'll tell you how. Um, If you go to Luke 6, I always find this to be such a challenging passage for me personally. And here's why, because um, Jesus says, starting in verse 27, Luke chapter 6, he says, I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other, from the one who would take your tunic, do not, or would take your cloak, do not withhold your tunic, give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And then he says this, if you just love those who love you. How are you any different than anybody else? Even sinners do that. If you love, if you only give to those who you expect to pay you back, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. He says, but you love your enemy and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. And here's the key. You will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Okay, here's the first thing I tell you. That's really challenging, right? Because that is our tendency. I'll be nice to the people who are nice to me, and the people who aren't nice to me, I'm not going to be as nice to them, because why should I? They're not nice to me. And Jesus says, if you do that, you're no different than anybody else. Like, how is that any different at all? But he says, I'm calling you to not be like everybody else. I'm calling you to be like me and treat others the way that I have treated you, And um, I think it's such an interesting use of words that he says there, you will be sons of the Most High. That is when you will be like God, right? Like just like father, like son type thing. That is when you will be like God is when you are kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Because I think a lot of times we're like, I could do it as I could be nice to people as long as they appreciate it. But God is like, no, no, no. There are many times in your life when I have been kind to you and you did not appreciate it. And so I'm calling you to be kind to others, even when they are ungrateful. And he says, uh, if you do this, your reward will be great. In other words, God is going to reward you for it. He's going to see it, and he will be the one to reward you for it. And the, the thing there is this. 
obviously there's an expectation that we would become like God. And that's exactly what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 and in Ephesians chapter 4 is the end goal of our discipleship, of our sanctification, of God's work in us, is that he wants to transform us into the image of Christ to make us more like Jesus. And so that's a good thing when we, you know, it's like a sponge. You want to see what's in the sponge? You squeeze it, right? In the same way, if we want to see what's inside of us, you know, we need a little squeezing, and then all of a sudden it comes out. And if we don't like what we see, that's actually a good opportunity for us to say, ew, that was kind of gross, what I just saw come out of me. I don't like that. I'm going to repent of that, and I'm going to seek God to do differently. So how do we do differently? Then I would take you to the next passage is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. And here he says this, starting in verse 16. He says a lot of amazing things in this passage. Uh, actually, I'll start in verse 14. He says this, the love of Christ compels us. So what is it that drives us? What is it that motivates us? What is it that moves us to do one thing or another? Um, Paul says, it is the love of Christ that compels us to do these things because he died for us so that we might no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for our sake died and was raised. And then he says, from now on, we will regard no one according to the flesh. We used to regard people to, according to the flesh. Even Jesus we regarded according to the flesh, but we do not do that any longer because we are new creations in Christ. Right? And we want to see people for who they are on a spiritual level, not just for the frustration that they may be causing us. So what that means is that when you seek to see people the way God sees them, rather than seeing you know, um, a person who's almost running you over and, and cursing at you, you begin to see a person and have compassion and empathy as you see that these are just symptoms of a spiritual state that they are in, and your heart goes out to them. So that's a good yeah. shift in perspective. I think that the good thing is that over the past few years, when I sense this anger, which really is only one scooter driver almost at <laughs> me, I I immediately go to what you were just reading in Luke. I immediately am like, turn the other cheek, like, like try not to act in anger. And maybe what I need to do is just right when I want to like trip them. Um, I just need to, just need to say a little prayer over them and, and uh, <laughs> just not let it steal my peace and simultaneously learn how to be more like Jesus Squeeze my sponge till the water's clear. <laughs> there you go. I'll give you one last thought. I just read this in a book last night, and I thought, oh, that's really good. And it's really biblical. The guy said this. He said, pain is not my enemy. Pain is my friend, according to the Bible, because without pain, I can't grow. And if you think about it, right, that's exactly what James chapter 1 is saying. I count it all joy when you face various trials of different kinds because God's using them to do something amazing in you. What that means is that when we encounter that pain, we can train ourselves to think, oh man, I don't like this situation. But we can also think at the same time, hey, wait a second, this pain is my friend allowed into my life by God in order to be a tool through which he changes me and helps me grow. Yes, amen. Thank you. You bet.
God bless you, Brandy. Thanks for, so much for calling in. Thank you, and thank you for the sponge, the sponge um, way to look at things. I really, I really like that a lot. Cool. Glad to hear it. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your Bible questions, questions about the Bible, questions about life and what the Bible has to say about the situation that you're facing. Or you can call us with your prayer requests. We want to pray for you and we want to hear from you. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- 690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Let's go our next caller. Oh, we had a caller named Olga, and she dropped, but we were trying to get her back. So um, I'm just going to go real quick, and um, we'll go over to our text line. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to our text line. I've got a prayer request that was texted in, and it looks like Olga is calling back in right now, and we're going to get her on the line in a minute after we uh, pray for this prayer request that was just texted in. But let me give you the numbers to call. We have two open lines. Uh, Well, now we have one open line. So if you would like to call in with your prayer requests, your Bible questions, give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. So I'll say that text line again, 720-336-0897. Let's pray for this prayer request. This person says, my name is Aaron. Please pray for me. Help me to be a good mother, daughter, and wife, that the Lord's will would be done in my life, that I would not fear to strengthen her marriage, that her mother would be saved, her father would be saved, and she would be a good witness for her kids. Man, those are some great things to be praying for, Aaron. And I'm sure that the Lord is honored by your desire to do those things. So let's pray for those in Jesus' name. And and I have a lot of confidence that God is going to answer this prayer. So let's pray for that. Lord, we pray for Aaron. And just knowing, Lord, that if we pray in your name, that means to pray according to your heart and according to your will. And as I look at Aaron's prayer requests, I can't help but think, Lord, that these are your heart and your desire for her life. And so, Lord, we pray that you would do these things that she's seeking, Lord, that she would, by your grace, be strengthened to be a good mother, a good daughter, and a good wife. Lord, we pray that your will would be done in her life and that you give her the faith to receive it and the faith to respond and to do what you're telling her to do um, and to trust you enough to do it. Lord, we pray that she would not be conquered by fear, but, Lord, that she would have victory over fear and that she would live in freedom from fear, knowing that all things are in your hands and they are good, secure hands to be in. Lord, we pray for you to strengthen her marriage. Lord, we pray that her and her husband would be drawn together and Lord, that their relationship would be strengthened in you, that you would be the cornerstone of their marriage and the foundation upon which they build their life. Lord, we pray that her mother would be saved. Lord, open her mom's eyes. Lord, that she would see the truth of the gospel and the glory of God in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray that her father would also get saved. Lord, whatever barrier there is that's keeping him from knowing you, we pray, Lord, you would break through that and that he would see and believe and be saved. Lord, we also pray that she would be a good witness for her kids, that they would grow up to know you and walk with you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Aaron, thank you so much for writing in and and texting us and letting us know how to pray for you. We are doing that, and God bless you. 
Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have all full lines right now, so we're going to go to Olga in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Olga. Welcome to the program. Olga. Okay. Oh, we lost Olga. That was the sound. You know what? I have her prayer request, so we are going to pray for Olga right now on the air. Uh, Olga, you don't need to call back in because we've got you right here. She asked for prayer for her son. Um, he planned new construction on a house, but he's running into problems. So, Lord, we lift up to you Olga's son, and we ask, Lord, that you would bless him, that you would help him as he's building this house and running into different problems. Lord, we pray that you would provide him with solutions, whether those are financial solutions, Lord, whether those are um, just knowing what to do and kind of having that mental breakthrough that's going to be the, the solution to the problem he's run into, whether it's um, bureaucratic problems and needing to get things pushed through with permits, etc. Lord, we pray for her son. You'd give him patience. But we pray also, as we said earlier to the previous caller, Lord, we thank you that pain is our friend because you use pain in our lives so that we can grow. Lord, I pray for her son that in the midst of this frustration, he would turn to you and not trust in himself, but really turn to you with his frustration and that he would have a relationship with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Olga, for letting us know how to pray for your son. Uh, let's go to our next caller, Gwen, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hi, Gwen. Welcome to the program. Yes, hi. Gwen, can I ask well, you? I want, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Hey, could I ask you, Did you are you listening uh, over the air to this, or are you listening online? Over the air. That's awesome. We just recently started broadcasting in your area, so I'm so glad that you found us. Yes, I'm glad, too. I love it. Awesome. Well, what can we pray for you for? Well, I was just wanting to pray for um, restoring of my, my mind, you know, because I want to do things to have. And just praying that um, he strengthened me while I'm weak at, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do that. And I see you also had a prayer request for a job. Sounds like it's kind of cutting out the phone line is. So I'm going to pray for you, and, and hopefully uh, I get everything that you need prayer for. So, Lord, we pray for Gwen. Thank you for her being blessed to call into the show, but also being blessed with having this local station broadcasting Bible teaching and prayer over the air. Lord, we pray for Gwen that you would strengthen her in her body, in her soul, but specifically right now we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen her in her mind. Lord, we pray that you would uh, give her a sound mind, Lord, that she would have a strong and clear mind, that she would be able to know your thoughts as your spirit leads her and speaks to her from within, but also, Lord, that she would really discern what it is that your spirit wants her to know and to do, that she would be able to understand your word and she would be able to understand your will for her life. Lord, we pray for her mind that it would be sharp and that it would be whole. And Lord, we also pray for her that she would get a job that she needs, Lord. You'd provide her that job, direct her to the right place, give her that open door that you could provide for her through that, through that job that she'll have. So Lord, we pray that you give her patience as she waits for you to do that and that you would bless her with a job in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. You bet, Gwen. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful right. day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. 
Uh, Gwen was listening on 94.5 FM in Oakland Park, Florida. That is part of the uh, Freedom Radio FM network, which just joined us as part of the Calvary Live listening family. So glad to have them as part of the growing network of stations that are listening into this program. So welcome to all of you. Uh, we know that we just added a lot of listeners from Texas all the way to Florida. So if you're listening on one of those stations, we'd love to hear from you. We have one caller on the line, and we're going to get to him right after our break. Give us a call. We'll get you on right after the break. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us 720-336-0897. And we're going to be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, and I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 690 or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. Well, let's go to our next caller, John in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, John. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Nick. How are you doing today? Doing great. So um, I'm calling them for a little testimony. Um, that, that caller she called in about being angry, and uh, you gave her some awesome advice in uh, um, Luke chapter 6, verse 27, and 2 Corinthians 5, 14, and 16. Um, I, I used to be a very angry man. Um, I grew up uh, with a lot of anger in my, in my heart, in my life. Got a lot of fights. Uh, I was a, a light switch. You flick that switch, I would, I would snap, and um, it was it was pretty bad. Um, but when I became, when I started going to church and uh, allowing God to change me, um, I'm getting emotional by talking about this because uh, I saw I see the change in my life. And how God has um, changed me that, you know, it talks about in, in the Bible where when we come to Christ, we are a new creature. Um, in with, out with the old, in with the new, our old way of thinking, our old way of doing, that's not us no more. Um, we were different. We... um we have the Holy Spirit living in us um, to lead us and guide us into all truth. And um, God has really been uh, ministering to me on chapter uh, John 14, where he's the vine and I'm the branch. And um, I, uh, I abide in him and he in me. And I guess my advice to her would be just draw close to God because he, as you draw closer to him, He's going to change you. He's going to 
um, make you into a new new person. Um, and I know he's changed me. My family has seen it. Um, I see it. That's just amazing what God can do when you surrender your life to him and you allow him to change you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing thing Mm. when you allow someone you can't see, you can't touch, but he, he, he can feel, you know, you can feel him. Um, it's, yeah praise the lord for that yeah and and man that's such a it's such a big part of our testimony right and this is who i used to be and this is who i am now i'm not yet who i will be but i'm not no longer am i who i used to be and that's a big part of our testimony and i think that um it's worth asking ourselves that question you know can you say that about your life is that really something where you can say to somebody, hey, here is what God has done in my life. Here's how he has transformed me. It doesn't mean that you're not saved if you can't say that, but it will be the fruit of walking with Jesus if you are walking with him and a powerful testimony. So, mm-hmm. um, well, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for, for that word. And that's a great, great, uh, you know, addition to what we were saying is there in John 15, abide in me and I in you. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. And this is how God is glorified, that you bear fruit and fruit that lasts. Is, you know, what is, what does Jesus say? You would know, you, you know, you would know me by what? By your fruit. You know, they, mm. People that we walk and talk around and, and be around, how, how would they know we're believers? How, how will we how will they know that we walk with Christ? They will know us by our fruit. They will know us by what we're producing, love, peace, long-suffering, um, all those things. That's how they know something about us is different mm-hmm. um, because we're operating in the fruits of the Spirit. And um, we're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. And that truth is, you know, God loves us and and he wants to use us um, until he comes back. But right now, you know, he's using us as vessels to touch people that that are hungry for the truth. Um, I, I go to Greeley, uh, Calvary Chapel here in Greeley, and, and Jeff Figs, that's a lot of things he talks about is people are starving for the truth. People are hungry for the truth. And um as a believer, we we are the truth. We we are a representation of God and what God can do in us and through us. And if we want to touch lives that are broken and shattered, then we need to be drawn closer to Him, Amen. so He can speak Amen. to us, so that we can be conduits for to touch, sure. Touch them. Well, we've got some other callers and texters that I want to get to, but thank you so much for calling in, and God bless you. I'm glad that uh, you have that testimony to share. Uh, thank right. you. You bet. Bye-bye. Hey, listen to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or your prayer requests. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you'd like to get some biblical perspective on. We have two open lines, and we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- 
690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We have had a lot of text questions come in today, and so I'm going to hit one of the text questions before I go over to our next caller. And this question comes from Serena, and she says, Hi, I'm wondering about this Bible question. If we are of God, does that make us divine? Well, Serena, the simple answer is no. Uh, we are not divine. God is divine, which means God, right? It means that he is made of God stuff. We're not made of God stuff. We are made of human stuff. And yet we are created, the Bible tells us, in the image of God, right? So we bear his image. And um, that image, because of sin, has been marred and broken, but it hasn't been lost. So, for example, in the book of James in the New Testament, we're reminded once again, you know, that the people around us bear the image of God, even if they don't necessarily follow Jesus. And what that means is that because of sin, the image of God that we bear is broken, it is marred, it is not what it was originally or what it was intended to be or what should be but we still bear it, right? It hasn't been lost completely. And so in that sense, we are um, created in God's image. Well, what does it mean to be created in God's image? That is a really big debate that a lot of people have had for a really long time. People have suggested, and I'll give you what I think are the best suggestions. People have suggested that we bear certain characteristics that God has that other creatures in the created universe do not have. So one of those things would be that we are creative, that we are rational and thoughtful, not just instinctive, right? So we have the ability to be reflective, and we also have the ability to create. Just as God created and, and was intelligent and had design, we have those capabilities ourselves. Another suggestion, which is a very good one, is to say this, that what it means that we bear the image of God is that we are eternal beings, meaning that we will spend eternity somewhere. When this life in this world, this material world, in these material bodies is over, that will not be the end of you. You will continue on, and you will spend eternity somewhere, whether that is in heaven or in hell, but you will spend eternity somewhere. And so in that way, you, unlike you know the caterpillar out on the sidewalk, um, bear the image of God in a way that that caterpillar doesn't, even though it's created by God. So we are not divine. We are human. Only God is divine. But here's the interesting thing that we're told in Romans chapter 8. It says this, verse 29 and 30. It says, For those whom he, that's God, foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So that's the end game, the end goal that we would be like Jesus, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Verse 30, Romans 8. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And here's the interesting part. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So that is our future in Jesus, in heaven. We will not only be justified, that means made right with God, not only are we saved, but our ultimate destiny in Jesus is that we will be glorified. We will become like Jesus, and yet we will not be divine. So I hope that answers your question, Serena, and uh, God bless you. Thanks for texting in. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, Longmont, Colorado. 
We've got two open lines. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Call with your Bible questions. Call with your prayer requests. Once again, 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. That is 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Betty Jane in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Hi, Betty Jane. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Pastor Nick. How are you? Doing great. Good. Um, thank you so much for answering my call. So my uh, my daughter and my grandson um, are really um, having difficulty with reality, and uh, they um, they're just off. Uh, my grandson is twelve, and he's very. Um, just unable to be kind or respectful to me, and the same with my daughter. And it, it's very sad. My daughter just got married, and she uninvited me to the wedding. So it was very, very sad. But, uh, you know, I just believe God has a plan to find a way uh, to help Beth and to help Dominic. And... Uh, to help my other daughter, Christina, raise Dominic. And so that's what my, uh, my request is, please. Yep, let's pray for that. We pray for Betty Jane's family. Lord, we pray for her grandson. We pray for her daughter. We pray for their family. We pray that there would be love and reconciliation in the family. And Lord, we pray that you would help Betty Jane, Lord, to lead the way as a disciple of Jesus in doing that. Lord, I pray that she would lead the way. And sometimes, Lord, just as you had to die in order to reconcile us to yourselves, I wonder if there isn't a case here where somebody needs to die in order to resolve this conflict, meaning dying to themselves. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help Betty Jane, that she would be willing to do, in Jesus' name, whatever it is that it takes to reconcile this relationship. But I also pray that it would be received and that it would be reciprocated by her daughter, her grandson, and by her, um, her future son-in-law. And Lord, we pray for this rift, whatever's at the root of it. Lord, we pray that there would be forgiveness, there would be reconciliation, and there would be a restoration. And Lord, we pray that the, this, this story, we thank you that it's not over yet. And we pray that the latter part of this story, the part that's being written in the days and years in the future from now, but we pray that that would be the more beautiful part of the story, that it would be a story of reconciliation, of restoration, of forgiveness, of love, and of peace. And Lord, we pray that you would um, enable Betty Jane by your spirit to do things, even if they're hard, uh, in order to see that happen on her part. But we also pray that it wouldn't just be her, that her daughter and her grandson and her son-in-law would reciprocate as well. Lord, we pray that there would be kindness. Lord, we pray that there would be love. And Lord, we pray that you would be honored in their family. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank oh, my you pleasure. very much. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Bye-bye now. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have gone from all full lines to now all open lines. We've got a couple text messages to get to, but we have 15 minutes left in the show, which means there's plenty of time for more calls. So give me 
a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. Call us with your questions about the Bible. Call us with your prayer requests. Hopefully we can answer those Bible questions and help you there. And we would love to pray for you here on the air about whatever's going on in your life. Once again, the number to call, 303-690-3000. Let's go over to our text line. This person says, Hi, my name is Chance. I feel strongly against the use of fetal cell lines in vaccines. If I am led by the Spirit, why is the Christian church not unified on the subject? In light of mandates, it seems as if the world is saying, Come on, just sin a little. Am I making a mountain out of a molehill? So I think this is a a pretty major issue. I know that some people in my church recently reached out to me asking for guidance on this exact same issue. Um, There has been a report that came out recently that showed that fetal cell lines, which means that they come from aborted fetuses, are used uh, in the development of some vaccines and in the testing of other vaccines. Now, there are some vaccines that don't use any, and I believe the only one that is in production right now that doesn't use any fetal cell lines at all is the, um, it is the one in Israel. And so the one in Israel is using, um, yeah, insect and I think um, primate cell lines instead of fetal cell lines from humans. Um, But I do understand that this is a major ethical question. Uh, It's really difficult. Here's here's one perspective on this, and this may not um, help you, but it may help you, is that they're not farming out these fetal cell lines in a sense, and as tragic and as terrible and as evil as it is, they're not going out to get more of them by encouraging more abortions to take place. And yet, I I would understand if someone hears me say that and says, that still doesn't make me feel any better, right? Because the fact is that they are using the fetal cell lines from aborted babies in order to test these things. So with the two vaccines, there's, there's three vaccines that have been given FDA emergency approval in the United States. Those are Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna. Johnson & Johnson uses fetal cell lines basically throughout, right? Meaning in the development phase um, and in the testing phase. Whereas Pfizer and Moderna, they don't use them in the development phase and they don't use them in the actual vaccine themselves, but they do use them in some cases, not in every case, in the testing phase. I'm not sure if that makes it any better, but um, you asked the question, If I am led by the Spirit, why is the Christian church not unified on this subject? I'll tell you this, that there's actually a good example from the Bible of the Spirit speaking and Christians not being unified on what the Spirit is speaking. That would be found in the book of Acts, chapter 21. I'm going to make sure that I'm right about that before we go any further. But it is, let me see here, actually maybe it's in chapter 20. Paul goes down and he meets this prophet named Agabus. He's wanting to go to, um, Paul is wanting to go to Jerusalem 
and he meets this prophet named Agabus, and Agabus binds him up and does his his thing that prophets used to do in those days, which is kind of like they would act out a prophecy, if you will. It wasn't they wouldn't just speak it, but they would act it. And um, he ties him up with a belt, and he says, "This is what is going to happen to the person who goes if you go down to Jerusalem." And through the Spirit, it says this in Acts twenty one verse four. Having sought out the disciples, the disciples, we stayed there for seven days. And through the Spirit, they were telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. Now think about this. They're prophesying, and it says here that they're doing so through the Spirit. So even the inspired text doesn't question whether they were actually speaking this on behalf or through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And telling Paul not to go to Jerusalem. So here we have a prophet warning him, here's what's going to happen to you. And then people saying, don't do it, Paul. And then somebody like prophesies, Paul, you know, by the Spirit, I'm telling you, don't go to Jerusalem. And then Paul goes anyway. And not only does he go anyway, but he says this phrase where he says, behold, I go to Jerusalem knowing that what is going to happen to me there, the Holy Spirit is testifying to me that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But... I don't care, essentially, is what he says. I do not count my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So here's my point, that there is precedent for this biblically, that in the age that we live in today, here's what happens. The Spirit guides and speaks to each person individually, and then we have to act based on a lot of other things, evidence, convictions, the word of God, etc. And so, all that to say, this would not be the first time when the Spirit had spoken and Christians came to different conclusions. In the end, you know, you could question, was it right for Paul to go to Jerusalem? Think about it. He goes there, really just a big mess is created. Not a lot of um, good comes of it immediately, but God does use it for good things in the end, right? Paul gets to stand before kings. He gets to stand before uh, the governor of that province, and he gets to present the gospel. He ends up getting sent and, uh, and getting to preach before a king. So one way of looking at that is that God redeemed that situation. Another way of looking at it is that, um, that that is exactly what Paul should have done, even though somebody by the Spirit told him not to do it. That would have been a test, and Paul had to pass the test. All that to say, are you making a mountain out of a molehill? No, I think it is a major ethical issue. Here's the argument that somebody would give you on the other side. They would say, listen, they're not, in, they're not causing more babies to be aborted by using those fetal cell lines in the testing phase. Furthermore, they're not using them in all of the tests, only in some. And by taking the vaccine, you are potentially um, preserving the lives of other uh, vulnerable people. So that's the argument to on the other side to somebody on that side. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you to do one or the other. I will tell you to pray about this and ask God for guidance, but don't let this become something that drives a wedge between you and other believers. Live with others in understanding and seek, uh, you know, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, strive to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So thank you, Chance, for that thoughtful question, and God bless you. I pray that God will give you clarity as you seek it. Let's go to our call in line. We have Annalise in Parker 
with a prayer request. Hi, Annalise. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm here to um, ask for help for my mother. I love her very much. Um, however, I think she's depressed, and um, I know for sure that she has PTSD, and I've seen so many. Um, she just spirals out of control sometimes and is really suffering right now. And, and I just we've been trying to get her into therapy, and she doesn't think it'll work. I just pray that, um, ask that you guys help me in prayer um, and try to get her to do what is best for her. And I hope that God can just guide her to healing um, because I just don't want to see her suffer for the rest of her life. And it does negatively impact our family, too, if I'm being honest. So okay. Let's pray we for can that just, right now. Yep, yeah. Let's do that. Lord, we pray for Annalise, and in Jesus' name, we pray for her mom as she's dealing with trauma and depression and these things that are really, really hard on not only her mom, but on the entire family. Lord, we pray for healing. We also pray, Lord, that you would open a door for her to get into uh, a program with someone who will really be able to help her. And Lord, we pray that as they do that, Lord, just as the, the watchers who guard, the, or the guards who guard a city guard the city in vain, if, you don't, if you're not the one who protects the city, Lord, I know that any kind of help that Annalise's mom uh, will receive will be in vain if it is not you who does the actual work of healing and bringing clarity in her mind and in her soul. So Lord, we ask that you would do that work in Jesus' name by your spirit. Give strength and patience to Annalise and her family. And Lord, we do pray for her mom to be well and whole in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You I think bet. this will help. I hope so. Thank God bless you. you. All right. Bye-bye. You too. We have a text question from Vess in Longmont. He says, why did God create the platypus? Vess, the answer is simple. It's because God has a sense of humor and he wants us to be happy as well. Let's go to our next caller, Mike in Eaton, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you? Doing great. We've only got about four minutes. Just a heads oh. up. Okay. I'll just make it quick. And basically my question is, would denying the fact that Jesus is God, and or the Trinity, even as far as that goes, to me, that's considered blasphemy. Would I be correct in saying that? Yes, I think that denying Jesus as God would be blasphemy, yeah. Okay, because like I have friends that are Jehovah's Witnesses, but I also have friends that basically believe what I believe. And when I bring that up, people are like, hey, they believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins. You know, that's the most important thing. They're like, don't worry about that little stuff. And I'm like, man, that's huge to me. Nope, that's big stuff. You're absolutely right, Mike. And I'll, I'll just okay. elaborate real quickly on that. We had a caller last week, and we talked about a similar question. And um, and it, this comes up more and more in my discussions with people. I was out on the streets in Longmont. We did a running race that our church supported. And I was talking to some people uh, who were gathered there. And, you know, one of the things that I often hear people say is, you know, don't all religions basically teach the same thing? And I would say this. When it comes to morality— Many religions do teach the same thing, right? Don't steal, uh, don't lie, don't uh, commit adultery, honor your father and mother. These things are taught in many religions. Um, but here's what's different about Christianity. Two things. It comes down to two things. The person of Jesus and the way of salvation. Furthermore, we would say, what is the purpose of morality? The purpose of morality is not to save yourself, as it is in other religions, the purpose of morality is, number one, to show you that you haven't actually lived up to the same moral standards that you believe that people should be held to, not to mention the fact that God 
expects us to live up to those standards. But um, also morality is then something which, as we are redeemed and saved, that we use as a way of honoring God. But that aside, um, the person of Jesus is what makes Christianity unique. Who is Jesus? Was he just another good teacher? Was he the son of God, but not actually God, etc.? We believe what the Bible says, which was that Jesus was God come to us in order to rescue us. That's why his name, Yeshua, literally means Yahweh saves or Yahweh who saves. In other words, Jesus is God come to us. In the person of Jesus, God didn't send a proxy. He didn't send a messenger. He came to us himself in order to do for us what we could not do for ourselves so that through him, not on our own, we could be saved. And that makes all the difference in the world. So this isn't just a matter of ticking theological boxes. This is a matter of the very foundation of our faith and what the gospel means. Way again? I'm sorry, I missed that last part. What's the definition of Yahweh? No, the definition or, of Jesus, Yeshua, is Yahweh saves. Yahweh saves. And Yahweh means God? God. God. That's God's personal name. Yep. Oh, so you always say you should. Okay. Got to let you go because we've come to the end of our show. But thanks, Mike. Appreciate your call. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm with you every Friday. I'll be with you again next week. But I'd love it if you'd join us at the church that I pastor this Sunday. If you're looking for a place to worship, check us out online for service times and directions. Whitefieldschurch.com. The website, whitefieldschurch.com. Have a great evening. See you next week. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.